In the fast-paced world of attacking, speed is everything. And that's where the Furon 7 Plus shines. Engineered for accuracy and precision at a rapid pace, it's your secret weapon on the pitch. Experience overall comfort and precise striking, even in the game's fastest moments. The nylon outsole, with its V-shaped stud configuration, is designed for firm ground, giving you the grip you need to outmaneuver your opponents. Step up your attacking game and learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash notjustanyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash notjustanyone. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson. I am Kurt Hoffman. Again, if you're liking what you're hearing, uh, please subscribe and, and even maybe tell a friend to do the same. Yeah, uh, tell know. a friend. We need friends subscribing. Yeah, share the wealth. It's selfish. Uh, selfish. All right. Last but not least, uh, Commanders offense, what do they see in this Texans defense? Um, you know, as you mentioned with the Texans offense, like they've got some stuff there. It's just an incomplete unit. Defensively, it doesn't seem like there's that yeah. many names that get you excited. And uh, obviously their play would suggest that that is, the, that is the case. Yeah, I think so. The offense you see, there's like a path. There's like a path to them being good. Their offensive line grows up a little bit. They maybe draft a receiver next year. You know, they get all these first-round picks. You say, okay, that group's going to be – they'll be all right. But, you know, they're like a year away. The defense, you're like, oh, what is going on over here, right? They're playing (laughs) like this kind of gap-penetrating movement front, and they've – you know, like where a smaller defensive line would be advantageous, and they've got some people who are, I think, good football players, but a little out of position, right? They've got – they're probably best player on defense is the safety they drafted, or the guy who shows up most consistently is the safety they drafted from Baylor, Jalen Petrie, um, who is a good football player, but again, very young, still growing up. Derek Stingley Jr., again, drafted in the top five at corner, is growing up. I think when you started the season, you say, man, he's not playing very well. And then you watch the last couple of games, you say, okay, there's that talent, there's that ability. But, you know, pass rushers is kind of limited. Jerry Hughes has some juice still against Philadelphia in their game. He showed up quite a bit on um, Jordan Mailata, but very inconsistent. Their interior defensive line is just okay. Um, they And you can tell that the coaching staff knows they're just okay. So one of the things that I see when I'm watching a team, if they're, if they're running a lot of run stunts, so they'll, they'll line up in their front and then everyone will run to the left and they'll blitz the linebacker off the right side. They do that because they feel like they need something to elevate the group, which they do. And that works. It can cause confusion. It messes up double teams. But if you can catch them in the line stunt, it opens gigantic running lanes, right? So basically what they have is a whole bunch of guys who are struggling to win one-on-one matchups, and they're trying to find ways to elevate the group. So you elevate them by scheme, which we just described, or you elevate them, again, by adding more resources to the box. Like If you watch them versus Tennessee, there are, there are so many people in the box because they're basically like, we cannot have them run the football anymore i think derrick henry rushed for over 200 yards in that game and then against uh, las vegas again they kind of add people to the run front 
And the thing that's interesting is when they add people to the run front, they still don't fit runs very well. So I would expect the, the commanders to be able to run the football, but if they do allocate a lot of resources, they tend to play a little bit of man-to-man coverage, which for us, for the commanders, seems like a tremendous advantage, right? It seems like this huge advantage because I can say, hey, you know, Terry McLaurin versus Derek Singley Jr. or Terry McLaurin versus someone I've never heard of playing corner on the other side, like that's a matchup that this team should win, right? And I would like to see them take advantage of that. I know you don't want to put too much uh, pressure on Taylor Heineke, but I think because the front is not great, because they don't rush the passer overly well, because they can't stop the run, I think that opportunity will be there for you. And it's about when you capitalize on it. And Houston, for whatever reason, they've been able to make quagmires of games. And what I mean by that, like they take good teams and they make them play very badly. They take average teams and make them play very badly because it just gets messy and muddy and they're throwing all this stuff at you and it doesn't really work out very well. So as much as like it seems like the path is going to be very straightforward for the offense and very straightforward for the defense, Houston is what they call like plucky or scrappy. Like they find a way to kind of just bring you down into the murk and mire and you're kind of wrestling in the mud with them. And they are hoping that you screw something up and they're able to take advantage of it late in the game. Uh, the path should be pretty straightforward. Uh, that that path is running the football. Obviously, the commanders are coming off the game where they ran it the most they have in 20 years against the Eagles. What was it? 47 attempts, I believe. 49, ultimate, something like that. Number. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, they ran... A lot. Uh, 49 yeah. times, yeah. yeah. Uh, for 152 yards. The Texans are the worst run defense in football. They're yeah. giving up on average 181.8 yards per game. I mean, they've also played Derrick Henry. You know, they played uh, Josh sure. Jacobs, who's playing it's well. 181 yards a game. It's They're not good, okay? I'm not trying to, like, sugarcoat this. Yeah. It's like that that number makes perfect sense to me. I am saying it might be slightly inflated by the people that they've played sure. in these run-first teams, but it's not been... They played New York, right? New York runs the mm-hmm. runs the bejesus out of the football. So they've played a lot of teams that are kind of adopting our philosophy, and they've been very unsuccessful at stopping them. Right, well, and that's the thing is like just stick with the philosophy, right? Like for all the times that I'm like, I don't know, should that be the philosophy? Like you've got you've got Terry McLaurin, you've got Curtis. Like this week, hey Brian, gear up, buddy. It's time to go. Yeah. Antonio, gear up, buddy. It's time to go. Whoever the third guy is, like get that guy ready. Whether it's John Curtis Williams coming back, obviously Curtis. Hey, if you can't get Curtis five carries or five touches this week, uh, you know, last week was four carries and a little pitch play plus your, your regular passing. Stuff. Right. They got him five game plan touches. I want, I want that this week for sure. And you should be able to have a good week. Um, I obviously then you, you hope to get the play action shots. You hope to get the man to man shots in, in certain situations and you go from there, but it, it does seem like this is a pretty easy week to game plan. Like don't overthink it. You know, right. Ron, Ron has been preaching. Like we gotta, we gotta play this way. This week is the week to just play that way and, and don't think twice about it. Yeah, and I th- so I think, and again, I, I don't think offensively, I think they've got some pieces, but I don't think they're quite there yet. So I think the, the, the only risk you run by running this game plan is that one of those talented playmakers, Nico Collins, Akins, Pierce, hits you for a big play, right? And they do that two or three times because they do do that. They do mm-hmm. find a way to cultivate, a, even if they're freaky kind of streak plays, you know? So... Can you be efficient enough that when one of those big plays happens for them offensively, it doesn't kill you? I think right. that's that you want to be efficient enough where you can manage something like that. Cause for whatever reason, they're not 
you know, like they, they have explosive pieces. They're just not very consistent. So I think that that would be my one point of caution. Just kind of be aware, Scott, like you're going to want to run the football. But if you can cultivate a big play and take advantage of them, like with lesser coverage players trying to match up with, you know, this tremendous skill group and they're playing man-to-man coverage on first down, run that play action pass and take a shot. I'm not yeah. saying do it every play, but in the same way that they did it against Philly, like when that opportunity comes, make sure you're ready for it because that is going to be their response. And you better believe, man, they watch film too. They know what's coming. This whole yeah. week, they're going to be saying like, guys, like we have to stop the run. We have to do this. Like, you know, Taylor Heineke can't beat us with his arm. Like that's their narrative this week. If I'm coaching uh, Houston, and so I'm going to allocate a ton of resources to stopping the run and basically saying like, right. Figure I guess it out. I, if I was, if I was Ron and Scott, I'd be like, you're right. You can't yeah. watch us. And, yeah. and you know, I think but they haven't been that, able to, they haven't been right. able to. And that, and that's exactly why I'd be like, yeah, you know, go ahead. Allocate resources. How's that gone for you? Oh, you're, yeah. you're giving up 180 yards a game. Um, I also think Ron made a really fair point about the, you know, talk about the efficiency and some of the numbers last week were not great on paper in terms of three point, whatever yards a carry for Robinson. He had so many third and ones, third and twos, the goal line stuff that it really did drag the average down because sure. when, when you watched it, you're like that dude, I swear to God, he's averaging six yards a carry. Like he, it felt like he was getting places. Um, and especially as the game went, it felt like they started to wear down a little bit. It did Philadelphia and they, they started to get some bigger runs, not like 12, 15, 20, right. 30 yard runs, but they were getting six to eight yards. It felt like with consistency. And then you look at the numbers afterwards and you're like, why did he average three point, whatever yard, right. like 3.2, 3.5 yards a carry. And when you, you know, when the goal of a play is to get two yards, that still goes into the average. So I, you know, I haven't done the math and taken they, out all those plays, but like it was much closer to a solid four, four and a half yard average when you take out the short yardage stuff. And if yeah. they can just do that again, like they're going to be fine. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I was listening to Mina Kimes podcast, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. If you guys want to check it yeah, out, Mina's, um, Mina's fantastic. And she was talking about, she was able to find some metric about success rate on runs, which factors that in, which factors oh, in like the goal, great. the goal of the run. And I think it was like, you know, over 80%. It was a very, very high. I wish I could remember the exact statistic, but it was a very, very high success rate per run. So basically like for the goal of that run, like what was the result? And that kind of accounts for the short yardage variance, which I thought was a really interesting statistic that kind of supports your point and supports Ron's point that like, you know, the goal of a short yardage play is to get a first down. So if you get a first down, like it's very successful. So I think that that's, um, something to keep an eye on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I do think they should be able to run the football. I think that should work really well. I think B Rob Gibson, Samuels, whoever the third guy is should be ready to go. Put your mouthpieces in offensive linemen, be ready to go. But I just, I'm always of the mindset is like, they know it. So do you have something in the bag to take advantage of their response? And I think if, if their response is going to be to play an aggressive kind of man coverage, gosh, man, I like our weapons outside in terms of finding ways to get a big play. And I think that would be the next iteration, next evolution of this offense is to say, we're, you know, we've, we've shown we can run the football versus, you know, Philly's not a great run stopping team either, but can we take advantage of some of this other stuff? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so now I'm looking at some of this uh, success rate over average stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool stats. Uh, Mina's yeah. super smart. Uh, I'll have to go back and listen to that pod. Um, but yeah, Washington's success rate over 50% uh, this year in all directions. You know, you, you look at some of the specific stuff. They've been oddly very good over right guard, uh, considering the, the turmoil at that position. Uh, so that's, he, he, that's he did well last game. He played well against yeah, Philly. Like in terms one, of, yeah. They've had like, what, three different guys playing that position this year? Yeah. So, um, but apparently that's a that's a good place for them to go. Um, you know, 
whatever that's worth. Uh, right. outs, outside stuff been really good uh, for them this year when they've been able to get to the edge. Uh, Antonio Gibson, obviously doing a lot of that, has done a good job. All right, uh, that's it for the podcast, but there is plenty more where that came from, that being uh, our analysis. Coming up on Sunday, countdown to kickoff. Uh, truth be told, as of recording, we're not 100% sure when we're going to start slash when we'll be on uh, because we have a ton of college basketball on both of our stations this weekend. Uh, 106.7, the fan of the Team 980, so stay tuned to the tweeters. Uh, I will tweet out a time once we have our finalized uh, schedule, but we will be on before the show so or before the game, so make sure that you are tuned in to 106.7 the fan and the team 980 but with the holiday weekend i mean obviously pre-holiday weekend there's all these preseason basketball or college basketball tournaments which are messing with the schedule a little bit so it might not be a full three hours before kick but we will be on most likely starting at 10 a.m on 106.7 the fan and the team 980 i will for sure uh be on the team 980 starting at three o'clock friday actually our show is cut short as well due to some college basketball georgetown has a i think a 430 game or something like that uh, so we're done it we're done at 430 uh on friday but plenty of of coverage obviously continuing on 106.7 the fan and the team 980 live and local all weekend long make sure you are tuned in for the latest on that and then we will see you uh, no matter what there's there's no college basketball game that can preempt this podcast that's what we're talking about so first thing monday morning we will have a fresh pod for you live also on YouTube, the Instant Reaction Pod goes up, well, instantly. Uh, you can check that out at YouTube.com slash at Craig Hoffman. For Logan, I'm Craig. We will see you on the radio. And uh, thanks for listening to Take Me. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.